1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer.
1: Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Welcome in Keith, co-host Keith Myers, doing a 2023 salary cap show uh, to give us all the numbers that we're looking for that we have to play within in the offseason here for uh, free agency. Uh, Seattle comes in uh, with a certain amount of money to spend. And we're going to find out if we can manipulate that at all, what that means uh, as far as Signing players, what we have available, who's might be uh, coming back on restricted tenders and so forth. Hey, how you doing, man?
0: Doing good. So the CX um, appear to be in pretty good shape with um, uh, like thirty-one million. Um, They're sitting there to spend, um, but there's more to that than the, what's going on because when you start looking at all the all the contracts and how few players are still under are under contract for next year, uh, that's going to evaporate pretty quick. So. Um, I think we should just dive into this because yeah, it's for sure. uh it's a it's a complicated topic. And if it is this isn't your thing, um just kind of bear with us a little bit. We're we are gonna talk some numbers, but we're also gonna try and keep it, you know, ballparked so that we're not getting into the weeds of, you know, certain yeah. pennies and whatnot. We can
1: get into the weeds later on. The you know, the interesting thing, and this is the fun part for us, and I think everyone that's kind of followed us for six or seven years that we've been on here know that this is kind of our wonky kind of uh uh, part of the season off season, if you will, we don't really take it off, uh, to come in and kind of take a look at this stuff, roster building contracts, cap space, uh, NFL draft, all that stuff. We really kind of get into and enjoy. And so what we try to do is we try to set up these shows beginning in the off season. Uh, we did roster evaluations just so we kind of know where the roster's at. Then we take a look at salary cap. We know where we're at. And then we, Want to take a look at some key contracts, specifically Geno Smith. We're going to do that in the next show because that's going to be the biggest thing that that needs to fall in place in order for the Seahawks to be able to kind of know what they're doing. Um, and then we'll get into player evaluations for the NFL draft and so on and so forth all the way to uh, the end of April uh, when the draft takes place. So let's, let's start. Okay, I have a question for you right off the bat. So, uh, you know, several weeks back we had a show. I think we initially talked about some salary cap stuff. And I just remember having the salary cap number figure that we were talking about throwing around. It was around 51, $52 million. Now it's listed at 31.2. What's happened. If you can tell everybody's kind of what's happened between, you know, six weeks ago uh, in the NFL versus now it's down to 31. What's going on.
0: So there's a lot of things that have happened. Um, for starters, you see Damian Lewis um, hit the, the escalator in his contract. He had certain conditions. I believe it was uh, snaps played. That if he he reaches it, then he would get a raise. Um, and that kicked in. So he he used up um, about another what is it one and a half million of cap space. Um, yep. Yep. You know, based on his performance, uh, they've re-signed uh, kicker Jason Myers to a rather lucrative deal for a kicker. But he is the highest-paid ab-
1: kicker in the NFL now.
0: He has been absolutely money. Um, even from like very long distance, he missed three kicks all year, one of which was the last kick of the regular season of the lot- la- you know what I mean the last game right at the end of the of the thing, but he he came back and got redemption at the end, so he'd only missed two kicks up to that point. Guys have had a phenomenal year, so uh getting him back under contract was was key and then you've got a whole bunch of um other guys that you. Have to start counting for now. They yeah, they signed all these guys to what we call them futures contracts because technically the contract doesn't kick in until the league year starts in the first week of March, but there are signed there. And so, uh, went ahead and and you you took take all of those guys and you you count in their salary. And it it doesn't sound like much because it's like half a million there, three quarters of a million there, but you get enough players and it starts to add up. And, um, that gets you down into. Uh, that realm. And then the other thing that you have to consider is now that we know what draft picks the Seahawks have, like not just, oh, they're going to have two first, but we know that it's going to be the fifth and the 20th. Um, and so because of the way the um, rookie salary structure is put together, we know what those players are going to cost. And even and a if, good
1: portion of those are guaranteed right yeah. out of the gate.
0: And and even if the the CX move down or move up or move around, you know what I mean? Like those, uh, that number will get adjusted, but we still know what they are, at least as of right now. So we're going to account for those. And so those numbers are- And
1: that's not off the 31 that we're starting with. So we have to account for that. That's roughly about $14 million right now that the CX are going to invest immediately in the draft salaries, drafted players that we have coming in. Uh, The NFL starting their salary cap um, at $220 million this year, which is a pretty decent increase from where it was. It was expected to be about this. Uh, it hasn't come out uh, officially, but uh, multiple projections out there are indicating that it's going to be right in this ballpark. Seattle's team cap space, as we said, is $31,240,644. This is before any cuts, any restructures, any tenders, This and doesn't account for the drafted players. So. Um, and it doesn't account for, for a Geno Smith move, for example, um, which would be a, a big hit if they went high on the uh, uh, the salary, the guaranteed salary, if they had to do a franchise tag, for example. It just doesn't seem doable. We'll talk about all that. We're going to set mm-hmm. up a show specifically about Geno Smith's contract and what Keith and I think that might come in, in at. And uh, we'll do that in the next show. But for now, let's just take a look at this thing. Um, One thing to keep as, in as mind.
0: Is that during this season, um, all the players under contract, all the players on the practice squad, um, all the players on injured reserve, everybody counts towards the cap. During the off season, only the top fifty-one contracts count. So there will be a there will be a point in here where you we're looking at this, and it it might feel like the Seahawks are over over the cap, but they won't be um, because a bunch of the contracts won't count towards the cap. And then what they will happen is they'll get to a spot in probably after June 1st and they'll make a big cut, um, someone like Jamal Adams. And that'll push them not only down under the cap, but way under so they can um, have some wiggle room in case injuries happen and they got to bring other guys up under the active roster.
1: Yeah, so I think what, what I thought I'd do is let's just start with the restricted guys first. Um, there's, you know, we talked briefly right before the show. There's really only one, possibly two. Uh, that would be applicable here. Ryan Neal is the, is the name restricted free agent. Seattle has an opportunity to go out there and kind of set his value probably with second round tender. That's going to cost Seattle about $4 million in cap 4.3 to be exact. And, um and possibly Tanner Muse. And after that, I just don't really think that's going to come into play there. It, it might. But the way that this thing's falling out and the way that the salary cap is going to be impacted, I'm not exactly sure that they do that. But Ryan Neal, they definitely want back. And at $4 million, he's a great value, one of the best strong safeties in the league. So we have to account for that, I think. Yeah. And um, so that
0: that one, if they tender him that contract of $4.3 million, that's kind of the floor of a contract for him because he gets that. It's fully guaranteed. Um unless they sign it, him for
1: a multi-year deal. If they if yep. they sign him for a multi-year deal, they could manipulate that number down in the first year.
0: Yep. But so but at least like I said, they'll they'll tender him at that because then even if another team wants him and they sign it, you know, they offer him a big contract, Seattle can either match the big contract and keep him, or they can let him go and get a second round pick from that team. So yes. um that's likely I don't I don't see them doing that with Tanner Meas just simply because the guy played in in a couple of games and, you know, he's a middle linebacker that you can, I mean, he was not a special player anyway. He's not, a, he's a guy that only saw the field because of injuries. Um, I can't imagine them actually, uh, you know, tendering him a contract. That doesn't mean he won't be back. They'll just, he'll be non-tendered. Uh, that way he, they don't, he's not, they're not on the books for almost $3 million worth of salary for him. And then they'll re-sign him for, you know, just above the league minimum so like 820 grand um and, so, and that's a big deal as far as you know that difference there so like the other guys i honestly um tony jones won't come back penny hart um he'll he might be re-signed but he will not be tendered because he was active and and played a lot this year and did nothing um so those are the guys that I I, I just feel it's, it's Ryan Neal and and that's it as far as the restricted free agents. Interestingly, more in, or interesting to me are the exclusive rights free agents. Um, these are the guys who are they're not under contract, they're free agents, but because they have less than three years in the league, and as far as um, you know, accrued a time, they can't negotiate with anyone but Seattle. Which means Seattle can basically say, if you want to be in the league, here's a contract for the minimum or maybe slightly above. And if you say no, well, you can't sign with anyone else. So um, good luck with that. <laughs> um, and they, they always right. come back. They're yeah. just, these are players that typically um, were struggling to make a roster last year, not, um, you know, they're not they don't have a great value. They're just hoping for a, a shot to catch on with the team and, and maybe make an impact. I say that, but there's a player in that exclusive rights area that is more than that. And that would be Michael Jackson, uh, cornerback, starter, um, only 26 years old, played ninety three point six percent of the snaps, uh, big time contributor to Seattle's defense. Uh, and he's an exclusive rights free agent. so they're going to get one more year of him on the cheap. Uh, before they have to start paying him they might not want to just go that route they might want to make this a two or three year deal and where they can keep his number down not just this coming year but the year after and the year after that by guaranteeing him some some salary
1: yeah and if he continues to start it's only going to get more expensive so to, to lock him in now would be great if we if we tender him, you know, at an exclusive right number, it's going to be right around eight hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is a great value for a starting corner in the NFL. And given Seattle's um, cap situation, I would think that that's that's a no-brainer for the team. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we get to guys that maybe are cap casualties or, and all that kind of stuff, is there anything else regarding unrestricted guys or? restricted guys that you think that you know that we're going to we're going to definitely want back and and we have to kind of earmark a, a number for them.
0: So um well we, with restricted and exclusive rights we talked about those. As far as unrestricted there's a ton of guys we definitely want back whether or not they come back is up to them and the team and a lot of things. I mean we you already mentioned uh Gino Smith that's a, yeah that's the huge one but puna Ford right. fits in there, Phil yeah. Haynes fits in there. Um Marquise Goodwin, the wide receiver, perhaps.
1: Um, Rashad Penny, perhaps he's only twenty-seven years old.
0: Yeah, had Cody a big Barton,
1: number last year. Five points. Cody Barton 7. Um, uh,
0: yeah.
1: is another. Cody guy. Barton is the big is a big one. Yes.
0: One of the two long snappers, whether it be Carson Tinker or Tyler Ott. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes it's so weird to actually talk about (laughs) long snappers, but one of them will come back. Um, So yeah, there are guys that this team wants Austin Blythe. Maybe um, if they get shut out of, you know, signing a better player, who
1: knows they're paying an awful lot to Nick below for being Nick below. There, there seems to, to me to be a a guy out there. That's not 34, 35 years old as Nick floor is going to be in 2023 to be able to, make the the league minimum and do the job that he's doing. Um, Yeah, Phil Haynes, another guy that they seem to like. Pete loves Phil Haynes. Now he doesn't pencil out, you know, in pro football focus and some of the other metrics as far as uh, offensive line performance, but they love him and his ability to, to play a couple different spots. And Pete seems to think he's kind of starter level and we've never really completely seen that in uh, having it actually show up on the field. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how that translates into a new contract for him.
0: Yeah, he um he struggled with injuries the first couple of years of his career. This year, he actually got um, pretty good playing time, uh, basically rotating with Gabe Jackson, which the team did in order to get him on the field. And, you know, he played 44% of the snaps, which is quite a lot the thing is and he he looked good at times he was certainly better than gabe jackson um who was really not good but he wasn't like haynes was not a guy that you're like oh there's the guy we have to re-sign him he's a um you know he's a guy we want on our offensive line for the next five years he was average he was a replaceable player um, but at the same time, the coaches like him, they like his attitude, they like the way he works, and they'd love to have him back. He also made two and a half million dollars this year and is a you know, is an unrestricted free agent. He might come back on a deal that's actually less than that.
1: Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TPPN. New customers can bet five dollars on the Conference Championships and get two hundred in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so we've kind of established that we're you know everything that we've just talked about draft picks et cetera restricted guys we're going to end up with a with a very small number at the end of the day to go out and find free agents, um, and sign Gino and et cetera. So, mm-hmm. uh, we don't know exactly what Gino's number is going to be. It could be anywhere from on the low end, just say 15, you know, 12, 15 million a year. Um, especially like on a first year cap hit. Uh, I think that's something that, that could possibly be doable up to, you know, you hear talk about, um, valuation, contract valuation for him at 32 to 35 million, which I think is completely unrealistic, but nonetheless, it's a possibility given the quarterback market and the franchise tag coming into play, which I think would be completely unwise for Seattle to use, but it is in play if they don't want to lose him and they can't sign him to a deal, they could use that. Um, it, hold on a sec. If, so <laughs> We don't have enough money to do any of those things um, yeah. with Geno Smith alone, let alone anybody else out there. And we need um, to build the roster uh, in free agency. So we're going to talk more extensively on this Geno Smith question. It's a big one, but uh, if the team needs to generate more cap flexibility, Keith, Which where are. where are they going to look to to be able to do that?
0: You know, there's not a lot of places to generate a lot of cap space um just by the nature of some of the contracts where they're sitting and all that kind of stuff um you know the the biggest one that you you know as far as contracts go would be quandary Diggs, um where they could generate 9.9 million in cap space uh by just Straight out cutting him. Now that does lead to eight point two million in dead money, but it's an eighteen point one million dollar cap hit. So that yeah. nine point that nine point nine, if you can replace his production with let for less than uh, ten million dollars, you could make that move. Um, and so to me, I look at that and I go, "That that's the biggest chunk, but it's probably not. I don't know if it's the most likely. Um, more likely, I think to a
1: restructure mean, on that would might be more likely." Yeah. They like Quandre the, Diggs.
0: The most likely one for me would be um, Gabe Jackson, who, I, as I said, he he was great a year ago. This year, he, his performance dropped off considerably. Um, he's starting to show his age a little bit. And that six and a half million of cap space for a guy that essentially lost his starter job. Now, he continued to start, but he didn't play starter snaps. Um because he, he was rotated out in, in almost every game. Um, that six and a half million dollars starts to look really attractive if you're uh John Snyder.
1: Yeah. Here's a guy that surrendered 34 quarterback uh pressures, four sacks on only four hundred and thirty-three pass protection reps. Mm-hmm. And um, that's supposed
0: to that's supposed to be what he's good at is pass protection. And it was yeah. what he was good at a year ago and it was what he was good at when he was with the Raiders, but this year it just was not a good fit.
1: Now releasing him is going to save $6.5 million against the cap. It's going to leave you with a dead cap hit of 4.7, but nonetheless the savings is there. Seahawks going to need that money. I don't know how they want to address this particular spot, right guard in free agency or the draft. Now, if they, Give up Gabe Jackson. They've got to replace him. So if you're going to go out and sign anybody in free agency, it's likely that spot may be just as expensive or more expensive than than that cap number um, in order to get replacement level in here. So well, it depends. I think they'll they'll upgrade if, that in the draft, but nonetheless, you got to solve it can, kind of before the draft.
0: If they can re-sign Phil Haynes, I think they'll be able to sign him for less than that number. Um, and if,
1: if you think if you thought that you could start Kerhan at right guard and yeah. sign Phil Haynes to be the kind of the the, the, the backup, then that makes sense to me. But do you want uh, Phil Haynes starting? Do you want to sign him to a starting level contract?
0: Well, I mean, you sign him to the contract. You need to get him under the roster and then you see if he's can be that a rookie to start. Yeah, um, I, I
1: think that that's so you, fair.
0: I don't think you sign him to a quote unquote starter level. I think you st- sign him to you know, a contract, you know, two year, four million dollar total um contract, four and a half, whatever it ends up being. And you you let Gabe Jackson go because you've got Kerhan, who okay. um you know can play the position, at least as a run blocker, and you've got um, you know, now you've got a guy that you, that has played forty four percent of the snaps, um, even though he wasn't a starter and, and did the job a little at, bit of money it did that he did Haynes did the job better than Jackson did and you saved six and a half million. So I think that it's one of those things where you can, you can easily make that move, especially when you go into the draft saying we're going to get a guard. We're not going to get a guard at the first round or the second round, but somewhere in the middle, oh, maybe round. in the second round. Well, it might, but I'm saying you don't have to there because you've got,
1: yes. you've got, a potential you got an starter.
0: Yes. you've got a potential starter there. So you're not like, Oh, we have to get this one or we're screwed. And then, if you you know you get one in the in the fourth round or whatever, um, and you save six and a half million dollars toward the cap, like that. That's why I think that's the most likely move that the Seahawks make is is cutting uh, Gabe Jackson loose. And there's lots of others. Quentin Jefferson, uh, they could get almost four and a half million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Shelby Harris
1: is the most interesting name to me because Shelby Harris is not a bad player. He's got Mm -hmm. a big number though, twelve point two million dollars this is the biggest number I think that Seattle could, could potentially move from if they so chose. However, I think that, you know, that the entire defensive line gets a bad rap because we had such a poor rush defense um, and, and pass rushing at times. Chebry Harris is part of that. But if you look at him individually as an individual player, he was probably one of the most steady best players that we had uh, along the defensive line. Um, he, you know, was the 15th overall among 60 qualified defensive tackles, according to Pro Football Focus, with 518 defensive snaps. Um, He registered a pair of sacks. He reached 30 quarterback pressures, generated four pass breakups. Um, He was pretty decent in setting the edge, at least on his side. And so so it's possible that you could cut him and save that money, or you could restructure him and extend him.
0: I don't think that you can replace him for nine million dollars, which is what the cap.
1: In the is. in the draft, you could, but then I mean, you're you're looking at a, a an unknown quantity.
0: Yeah, but I mean, as far as not in the draft, but just in free agency, you I don't think you can replace him for for the cap savings. So if you need cap savings from him, then yeah, that that's the thing is you go in. He's in the last year of his contract. Next year, um, you give him another year. You give him another two years, and you stretch some of that money out. You take um that 12 million he set to earn and you turn a lot of it into a into the signing bonus of his new uh contract. So you spread that 12 million out over three years and you drop that down to um four. And then so now he's, his cap number ends up being seven uh for next year. And yeah. and you know you have him for a couple more years. And I think that is a very likely scenario with Shelby Harris, just because of um combination of quality of play and the fact that i don't think you can replace him for that savings but they still need it
1: yeah but he is going to be 32 in august um played his first season with seattle there's not a huge amount of loyalty there uh seattle may view him as a replace, replaceable player although i agree with you i you know i just think that you would you'd be replacing one player with another maybe mm-hmm. you do that if you can get a guy that's 27 years old um the, the other player
0: that is in exactly the same boat uh, in terms of cap hit, cap number, last going into the last year, all of that is new uh, Uchina Nuoso. And there's no way he's getting cut. The guy was freaking um, incredibly good right. last year. Most reliable pass rusher they had all year. Um, but he's going to the last year of his contract.
1: And, and he's got thir- a $13 million number.
0: Yeah, that $13 million number could come down if you extend him and you want to extend him because he was yes. freaking good. Um, Yes. And so if you can extend him for another year, another two years um, and get his cap number down under control into, into the eight, seven range, there's, there's no downside. You just go for it and do
1: it. Yeah. I would offer him a three-year extension, four years total. And I would mm-hmm. manipulate that number down, especially the first year, let it go up next year. But this year you really need that help because you possibly need to sign Gino. If you don't end up signing Gino, Gino moves on in free agency or whatever, then you've got some opportunity to, to, to work around that. Okay. So you mentioned Quentin Jefferson, um, Al Woods,
0: Al, Al Woods at three and a half.
1: Al Woods is probably a no brainer. Al Woods getting a little, little, uh, older now, missed some time. Uh, I think he is replaceable with, with someone that can come in, especially potentially a better scheme fit. I know Al Woods is, is kind of stout on there, but for a, a nose tackle, I don't know if he can hold up at this point in his career so we'll just have to wait and see
0: brian monet at um 2.675 in savings Um, the other
1: one i wanted to talk to you about um was will disley will disley mm. was extended last year we both thought it was kind of a crazy level contract considering it was early in free agency and there was really no competition for that um but it, it it is what it is but his cap hit this year, though, is $9.1 million. And um, it's it's significant. Now, you can't cut him. But if you restructured that, at least this year, there's some money there sitting mm-hmm. if you push some of that out yeah. in, over a couple of years as bonus money. Um, that would give you $4.5 million per year this year mm-hmm. to, um, to work with Gino on.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting... Uh, Scenario, I don't think you cut him because you can't replace him for three million, which is all the cap savings that you would get. Um I mean, you wouldn't want to cut him anyways. He's been good. Um, and this is a guy that's that's produced in on the field in terms of passing stats, but that's not even what he does best. His best attribute is that he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the entire NFL. I yeah. mean, they flat make use him like a right tackle half the time. And he does that job incredibly well. So he's got a lot of value. And that's why they paid him what they did was because you look across the league and he's actually right in line with his pay. Um, Cause he's not a, he's not a Travis Kelsey, right? But he's in that next tier down. Um, he's an elite blocker. And so,
1: yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, looking at Noah Fant and Will Disney, Noah Fant's the better. Pass catcher, but well they both offer the same value to me as far as, you know, being on the team, special Mm -hmm. teams players, that tight end position I think was utilized finally this year um in the in the offense really well. But that's just another opportunity to save some money. So okay, let's just say we did, you know, most of these moves that we just talked about. We could generate another twenty two to twenty four million dollars. Yep. There's uh, one more savings. There's one
0: more and that is to use the post-June 1st designation on Jamal Adams. And I totally the, forgot about Jamal. E, And <laughs> save $11 million against the cap. Now, yeah. it, we already talked about Ryan Neal and what his cap hit's going to be at 4.3. Ryan Neal is the better player of those two. If you, if you tender Ryan Neal and yeah. cut Jamal Adams using the post First one, um, yeah. Post June, June first, you end up saving, um, what is it, six point seven million dollars. six
1: Part, 4, of, the, or 6. part 6. of the the trouble I think that that Seattle is having that that they're getting into this year is I fully believe that they were not expecting to have to pay a guy like Geno Smith or any quarterback this year. I think that they were going through a transition year next year. I think they were looking at the draft. I think they, you know, or, or some other mid tier kind of guy to bridge them. And Gino had this, had this season. And I don't know that they had it budgeted uh, this way. Um, and now they're having to kind of rework that whole thing. So philosophically, I just want to, before we, you know, we, we have this Gino conversation in the next show, uh, but philosophically, Keith, what do you believe is the key to building this roster? The way that it needs to be competitive, that's in a timeline that lines up with Pete Carroll in in the rebuild and some of the new players that we've got, the draft class that we just had, the draft class that we're going to have, and the quarterback position in general?
0: Uh, the key to building this roster, I believe, is to draft a player like CJ Stroud or Will Levis with the fifth overall pick. So that way you can go back to having your starting quarterback on rookie salary money and therefore use the rest of your cap money to build the rest of the roster. Cause this wasn't a complete roster. They need help, more help on defense. They need additional talent. Um, and you're not going to do that by eating your entire, um, you know, your entire cap hit on a quarterback that yeah, he was good, but he wasn't
1: he's not special.
0: He's not special. Um right. he had you know, one fourth quarter, you know, last minute come comeback in all yeah. those
1: games. He's a top fifteen quarterback.
0: He's yeah. He's slightly better than league average. And that was for one year, not counting the other years in his career. Um and we'll he's get into
1: all that. He's not the future. I mean, he's thirty-two years old. So what yeah, my my bigger point is. It really does come down to strategy and roster building. Like what does John Schneider do? He's got all this draft capital. He doesn't have too much money in free agency to make a huge splash, but they could do their typical utilitarian kind of third level free agency moves that they, they typically do. We've got money for that. We can generate money to, to do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, if this, if this Gino thing gets out of, out of whack or it comes in way higher than we thought, it could set the team back. So you end up with a situation where they think they're doing the right thing by paying a quarterback that's able to lead them into the playoffs, but they have left themselves so weak at multiple positions that they can't get any further than eight or nine wins. And that's a horrible place to be stuck in the NFL.
0: Yeah. So they um, they are looking at a spot where – because they've got so much work to do on the rest of the roster, um, especially on defense. And a lot of the guys that we talked about, um, as far as helping them generate cap space, right? Um, guys that that might um, you know, end up disappearing as far as the cap stuff um go. You know, we're we're talking about guys like Shelby Harris or Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams. These are defensive players. Yeah. Right, Quentin Jackson, Al Woods—they they have gotta, to be replaced. Yeah, and so you've already got a really bad defense, and then—and
1: if you think you're going to replace them with rookies and somehow get better production than than the guys that they just replaced, they're they're cheaper. Yeah, but there's no guarantees with rookies that they're going to come in and have an impact at
0: all. Yep. And so you look at that, and you have to look and say. We can generate the cap um, stuff net left to if you're going to pay Geno in the 30s. You we can generate enough to do it, but you have to you take what was already one of the league worst defenses, and then you're going to gut a bunch of talent from it and expect to rebuild it in the draft. And honestly, I don't believe that is good roster management. That's not not good roster building for a 30 a quarterback who's going to be 33 next year so that you have the, the preview. Fit, and you have the fifth overall pick of the draft
1: yeah right so we're, yeah so that's the preview of the conversation that we're going to have with with gino because it's not as simple as it seems it's very it's a very complex move mm-hmm. it's and it's one of the very first moves that's going to happen in free agency we're talking this thing could be signed anytime. They could sign a contract anytime. But, um, you know, as we move closer to March 15th, which is a date that you kind of want to watch where a free agency really starts to ramp up. Uh, but you want to watch like 14 days prior to that because that's where franchise tags come into play. And mm-hmm. of course, I think we'll see, you know, we'll hear about rumors and so forth before that. But these uh, cuts and um, restructures can happen anytime between now and then. So it'll be very interesting. It might give a hint, a hint as to where they're going um, with all of this. So fascinating conversation. I don't know exactly what we accomplished today other than scaring people. <laughs> <laughs> we We started with 31 million. By the time we got done with the conversation, we were at 10 million and we kind of brought it back up a little bit by cutting some players, but we know we're going to have to replace those players. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it it is somewhat uh, complex, and we'll hope to pr- provide more clarity as we walk through this in the next six weeks or so before we get to free agency. Because man, it's fascinating. I love this it stuff. is,
0: and I know that for some people, they just hear numbers, right? And they're just like, uh, "These numbers don't mean anything to me." Um, and I get that. But what we're when you're talking about roster building, it's all about um, the production that you get at the cost that it, that you get that you take, and if you can get eighty percent of the production at 20 percent of the cost, you usually have to take that, especially at the defense. It, yeah, it's a downgrade, but you saved yourself a bunch of money that you can then use elsewhere to go sign another player that makes your team better. And
1: See, the Seahawks are in a unique situation with Jamal Adams specifically regarding that argument you just made in that it doesn't really necessarily apply to Jamal because he hasn't been on the field. You know, here's a guy that you've, you're paying a boatload of money and he's missed, gosh, Keith, maybe 27, 28 games in the last three years. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, and that's that's a lot. The, that's significant. And almost
0: the entire season this year. So.
1: And at 18 million dollars yeah you got it you know prior he was making nine or ten on his rookie deal when that ended he's been making 18 last two seasons mm -hmm. and it's 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 you can't do that year in year out and and then expect something different next year because he's going to heal he's going to be ready um you're still putting that out and you've now got a player on the roster that is doing the job and I think it's time that you just move on. You cut your losses. You'd be able to transfer that money back either at the quarterback position or in the trenches where we really need the help. So, yep.
0: And anyway. so you, you look at that, and like I said, you, um, you know, they got essentially no production out of Jamal Adams this year. And so that, um, you know, cutting him in that post-June 1st me- method where you get, um, eleven millions and of savings. like you have eleven million dollars, and replacing his production is already done because he didn't you got no production. yeah, so that's a really easy, you know math to do. Um, I can replace Jamal Adams's production with zero dollars, which leaves me eleven million extra to go spend elsewhere.
1: How much? Uh, and this will be the last question, and we'll get out of here. How much does the team? How much do you feel the team is dependent upon Jamal Adams in this scheme to be the player that he is? Um, And and is he worth holding on to if they could somehow restructure his deal?
0: I don't think they're dependent on him at all. And I would say no. Because, um, I mean, they... How can you say they're dependent on him when they played all year without him?
1: Well, I think um, they, they, you know, you and I both know, and I think, you know, early on, let's just say the first two or three games, we recognized that the defense was not working. And we may have attributed that to the fact that they were expecting Jamal Adams to be there. when when he wasn't, um, that was part of the reason.
0: Okay. Uh, I guess you, you can say it scheme-wise, they planned for Jamal Adams and then didn't have him. Um, and Ryan Neal's a different player, I would argue that Ryan Neal's the better player. And that's part of the reason why I think that they're not dependent on uh, Jamal Adams and um, restructuring him and stretching, kicking this can down the road and stretching this problem, which is his bloated contract, out over more seasons is counterproductive.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: Mm -hmm. so I, I think the... It's that post June first, and,
1: and just get get it yep. done.
0: It's that post June first designation. Yeah, that's going to leave them with, um, you know, some dead money the following year. But you can you you can replace what he does for you. Now Jamal Adams can be a special player. There's a reason why he's being paid that. There's a reason why he was a two time All Pro um, before his 26th birthday but he hasn't been that guy in Seattle. I mean, they got a bunch of sacks out of him once. Um but he's not he hasn't been good in coverage and they're just not getting as much out of him in part just because he he's always hurt. His playing style where he just throws his body mm-hmm. into guys um is the type where he's going to have injuries. And I basically, you know, he can be a special player if used right, for a short period of time. Um, and But if you use him right, he's going to get hurt because you play to his skill set, you play to also his vulnerability, which is the injuries. And so I think at this point, um, I think at this point, I, I you just have to bite the bullet. You got to do it and know that you're actually fine with Ryan Neal because he's far better in coverage been one of the better strong safeties in the NFL this last year. Um and I know people will be like, "Oh, that's just you been a homer," but go look at at Pro Football Focus, go look at the at the other advanced metrics. Um you know, his coverage skills are really good for a strong safety yeah. and yeah, Pro Football mattered.
1: Focus has him as a as a pro, not a uh pro bowler an all pro. And like all pro the best wow. at the position.
0: That I'm a he's that high because um there's some really good strong safeties in the league. But his coverage skills are are elite. Yeah, I mean, he's he had a
1: he had a he's a cornerback focused grade of like 87 overall.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. Like you can get that for four point three, or you can have Jamal Adams for four games for eighteen or five games or
1: six games and we need but the money here's the bottom line we'll, we're going to need that money whether it goes to gino whether it goes to deron Payne, or or some other guy you know in, in free agency um so all right i think let's wrap this thing up good conversation i'm sure we'll have it again uh, especially as we get close to free agency we'll kind of rehash what we've got what we're able to do we'll talk about the moves as they come up um as we go through the weeks um, and then uh, our next show is going to be centric around the quarterback position for the Seahawks. What does Seattle do? Geno's had a great year. They're unrestricted. They don't have any uh, quarterbacks under contract this next season. How about Drew Locke? Uh, but Gino's the big um, key to the puzzle in the offseason. It's going to have potentially the biggest impact as far as financially to this franchise, as far as their philosophy on which direction that they go as a franchise. Are they in win-now mode? Are they going to lock Gino up for three or four years and give him all the money and all that? Or are they going to play hardball with Gino and let him test the market and potentially go into the season having Gino left in free agency uh, with Drew Locke, uh, potentially as, as, as the only guy under contract uh, as they head into the draft? Seems unlikely to me. What are the other options out there in free agency? All those questions. So um, anyway, that's it.
0: Yeah, good show.
1: Yeah, good show. All right. Find Keith on Twitter, at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. Find us on your favorite podcast platform, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and share it. Uh, until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks.